At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trina. Thank you for listening and watching. If you're on YouTube, it's appreciated. We've got a year-end sports media 2022 year-in-review show with Brian Curtis, who covers media, does a phenomenal job covering media for The Ringer, has his own press box podcast for The Ringer. So Brian and I will go through the biggest stories, most notable stories, um, people who stood out in sports media from the past year. And then Sal Akata joins us for the last train of thoughts of 2022. Sal won't be on next week. There will be a fresh SI Media podcast next week with Peter Schrager and Andrew Perla for a little roundtable. So there will be a, uh, a fresh podcast the week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, Sal won't be on it, but we'll have, like I said, Schrager and Perloff. Before we get to this week's show, just a quick reminder. I've had some phenomenal guests lately on the pod. If you missed any of them, go into the archives and check them out. Greg Olson from Fox was on last week. Richard Deitch two weeks ago. Mike Tirico three weeks ago. Kevin Burkhart, Joe Buck, recent guests as well. Subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. Leave a review on Apple. We'll read them in the next uh, couple of weeks on the podcast. And uh, rate and review. All right. It's a 2022 year in sports media review episode with Brian Curtis of The Ringer, followed by Salakata and Train of Thoughts, all right here on the SI Media Podcast. All right, joining me now, couldn't think of a better guest to end the year with and do a sports media year in review than a regular here on the SI Media Podcast, The Ringer's Brian Curtis. Brian, happy holidays. How are you? So we should have party hats on. <clears throat> I know. 2023 insignia, you know, be ready for the new year. It's, it's that time of the year where you have to you have to do lists and awards. It's the law <laughs> of the internet. You don't do a list or awards. I checked my contract. It was actually in there. You know, you have, you, there must be a year in something. We For like the be. last four weeks, I said to myself, I'm not doing awards. If, if the higher ups come to me, I'm going to just push it off as like, this is just like, can we be original? And, and then I broke down. I'm like, I should do awards. 
So here we are. Is it works, right? Like there is, you go look at all the stuff you did over the year and you're like, well, it kind of nicely divides into things and it's, it's fun. Well, one of the reasons why I think awards, you know, like something like this sports media awards is a little bit ridiculous because I feel like we forget everything that happened up until maybe September. Yeah. It's like the Oscars. The movie that comes out in February is not going to win best picture. Well, well, let's start there. Um, so I, I'm going to have a column on SI.com um, with the awards and superlatives. So people can check that out. And this will sort of be in tandem with that. But we're going to go into other stuff as well. But I'll start with, uh, with something fun. And then we'll get into some heavy stuff about stories of the year. I did a thing, the, the line of the year for, for a broadcaster. And I gave it to Al Michaels for that Thursday night game where he was basically, you know, taking a dump all over the game because it was 12-9 and there was no offense. <laughs> and he said, this is a game you'd see on CBS as the fifth regional on a Sunday. And I thought, I don't think there's been a better line from a broadcaster the whole year. And then I went back just to make sure. And there was something that happened in February, which I say we always forget about. And it was on Inside the NBA when they were announcing the all-star rosters. And if you remember at the time, uh, there was a lot of controversy with James Harden. This was when he was on the Nets before he got traded and he wasn't playing. Said he had an injury. Then he got traded to Philly and, you know, the injury went away. And uh, LeBron and, and Durant were picking the teams. And James Harden went last. Durant didn't pick him with the second to last pick. And so LeBron takes Harden and then asks Ernie and Shaq and Kenny and Charles um is what's going on with james is he healthy and barkley's hysterically laughing and goes oh yeah he just got traded he's healthy so <laughs> i was debating between the owl line and the yeah. barkley line which which would you have given the award to um the barkley thing was really funny i just remember that i remember the setting that to so many people that day the yeah. owl thing is pretty amazing for me because you and i both know Play-by-play guys are supposed to be like Michael Cole doing a WWE match, where it is the greatest, most historic thing ever. And there's almost a code that is broken when you admit that it's not. And I, I don't know about you, but I had people in the industry after Al's line say, wow, we we don't do that. You know, that's not something we do. As a viewer, I love it because I'm for honesty. And if we want to want someone else for the medal stand here, how about Trey Eggman saying he'd rather be doing the Cowboys 49ers game in playoffs back in January rather than I think it was Bucks Eagles that week. Yes. Or, uh, yeah, Bucks so, yeah. Yeah, he was he was pissed because he wasn't doing the game he thought he should be doing. That and is a great, great call. Yeah, yeah. It feels it feels like we're it feels like we're seeing what they really feel. And That's a I'm great all, job. I mean, I'm all for honesty. I'm sure, you know, Amazon's like, whoa, okay. But yeah. I love it. It's a great job by you bringing that one up. Great job. And I think what had happened was it was one of those weeks where, was it a, was it a cross flex where CBS got it? Or, or, or no, I know what it was. CBS paid for an extra playoff game. That's what it was. CBS paid for an extra playoff game. So they took the Dallas game and put it on CBS and then Troy and Joe were, yes. And, and you know, it's funny because I remember Troy, I don't know if he, I, he may have been on the, my pod and said it to me, but he didn't think that line was going to be a big deal. He was shocked that that line became a big deal, which, you know. <laughs> I and feel it, Troy has that a lot, remember? Because then he did the Rams Niners and had that line about Jimmy G that was kind of offhand. Right. Well, now, now, now unfortunately, Whoa. it's up to Jimmy G. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think Molly's like, now, unfortunately, it's up to Jimmy G. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's funny what you say about Al, because I know Buck on the, I asked Joe Buck on the, on the, on the SI pod about how he'd handle those rough games and what he thought. And he said, he said he loves Al. He said he's friends with Al. He talks to Al. He, he wouldn't have handled it that way. So what you're saying about people in the industry being taken aback, <laughs> excuse me, by that line was, uh, you, you, that, that's not one Roger Goodell wants to hear on an NFL telecast. No. And, you know, to go back to Buck and, and Aikman for a second, when they had the Thursday night package and there were a lot of crappy games on Fox, I thought that actually really helped them because they would go in there like they were doing a comedy roast and just like, hey, we're loose. You know, this yeah. is not this is not Sunday afternoon, folks. This is Browns Jags. And we're coming in here doing jokes and having fun and stuff. And I actually thought that let them wander into a territory that was different for them. That was mm-hmm. a little bit looser. I thought it made Troy a little bit looser. And now when you see them on Monday Night Football, very much in that same mode, whether the game's big or not, they, it feels to me like you can trace a little bit of that back to them doing Thursday Night Football. So there's yeah. two ways to do this, right? That we can say, wow, this game sucks. Or we can say, okay, this is a great game. Let's let it rip. Let's let let's have a little fun. Yeah. And give people something else. And both ways work as, as they both showed. Um, but yeah, I love, I love the Barkley line. He's, and, but, but like you said, Al gets the award because of the balls it took, you know, Charles <laughs> yeah. can say anything and no one even uh, flinches. They, they um, give him a raise. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, all right, let's go there. That was one of the stories I did not put in my column because I didn't want to, I wanted to keep it kind of straightforward, but I thought about, I toyed with the idea of doing a, um, biggest tease sports media of the year award for Charles Barkley because we thought for a little bit there he might be going to live golf and for me at the time whether you thought he'd leave not leave it wasn't him going to live golf wasn't the issue obviously it's him leaving inside the NBA you just couldn't imagine it but then you have Charles going on Dan Patrick saying you know whoever pays me the most money that's where I'm going and then of course he ends up staying with inside the NBA and, and Turner or discovery, whatever it is now. Um, that was a fun s- sports media story throughout the year. I thought and the way Charles played it for two reasons. One is that Charles threatens to retire somewhat frequently from inside the NBA. This, this could be my last contract. And then somehow they bring more money and Charles is way into doing inside the NBA for another couple of years. It works as a negotiating strategy. I guess kudos for that. But the other one is he's like one of the few unreplaceable people on sports television, right? And I both know the truth of this. We always say like, we love this announcer, but if he went away tomorrow, you know, that's the business, right? Somebody else would step in and it would probably be fine. I'm not sure that's the case with Charles Barkley. And show would probably still be, have its own rhythm, Shaq's there and all that stuff. But he's, he's not easily replaceable if he's replaceable at all. Yeah. And listen, I, truth be told, I'm not, I'm not a big golf guy, but it does seem like if you look at that story now in late December, I feel like live golf's not even on the map really. So it would have been a disaster. I think if Charles ended up doing that, I mean, he may have gotten a lot of attention for it and maybe the tournaments would have some buzz. Who knows, who knows where he would be calling those. They don't have a TV deal. Who knows where you'd see Charles, but you know, it all worked out the way it should. I, I think. Yeah, and maybe they have a TV contract if they can offer Charles Barkley as talent. I don't know. Right, right. 
And only Charles can sign like this mega deal and then the next day come out and be like, oh, I'm not finishing this con- <laughs> this contract. <laughs> he started the retirement news cycle early yeah. this time. Right exactly. after he signed the new deal. Yeah. His standard line is, I don't want to die on the air, but hi, if you know, it's funny, I had Kenny, I had Kenny Smith on the pod during the year and I had asked him about this was even I think before the live golf stuff. And he's just like, he's Charles is never going to, he goes, he goes, Kenny, this is a great line by Kenny. What he said on the podcast, he said, he, he says, he tells Charles, what you're doing now is retirement. You're in retirement. Now this is retirement doing that show because it's so fun and, and, you know, not a lot of pressure and stuff like that. So. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And that's, and that's part of what's fun about it. Right. He's in the, I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm done. I'm yeah. going to show up. I'm going to watch some basketball, maybe not a ton of basketball and let it rip. And in that awards piece that I did for SI.com, I said, I gave best sports show to Inside the NBA. And I, and I wrote, you know, I feel like it's very easy that people just say, well, everyone knows this is the best show and this is the best show. So let's recognize another show and give it to someone else. But I thought they really had as good a year as they've ever had. I mean, every, they cover everything. They do the serious. They do the light. They make fun of each other. The fact that they can make fun of themselves, which a lot of people in sports media can't do. But when they have to break down, you know, and I love what they, that they take. You know, Charles doesn't know NBA players. It doesn't know every NBA player. So they'll play a game. Is this an NBA player or not? Or, you know, they've just, it's just a perfect show. So I, I, to me, it was like, I still want to recognize them. But if you have another show you want to mention or something like something that caught your eye this year, I mean, let it rip. I think we're going to get to Pat McAfee in a second, but I thought when he yeah. was added to college game day on ESPN, that show got a big bump. Um, Joe was already really good. And then you yep. just added somebody else and put him right in the middle of the desk. And it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yep. This, this yep. show got better, right? Got funnier. It added an element of danger that the show probably didn't have, especially when you have all those Home Depot ads and all that other stuff around it. It just, I, I thought that show, which I watch almost every week, was really, really good, especially could, at the end of the back. Could not agree with you more. In, in the column I wrote, I gave out two Best Edition Awards because I had to mention Chris Russo on first take, but I, that's a part-time thing. McAfee's a full-time thing, and I, and I wrote he's the best addition to a show as a full-time person. It is that you know that show is on the inside the NBA level, so to go in there and fit in as well as he fit in, and I know he's tight with Herb Street. I, I've heard Herb Street was the one who really wanted McAfee on that show and really pushed for it. And obviously, they've had issues this year, unfortunately, with Lee Corso, missed a bunch of shows, obviously getting up there in age, not a secret. Um, so I think they did need a little bit of a boost. But it says a lot about McAfee that he can go in there and right off the bat fit in as well as he fit in in something so established, so popular. And I agree with you. I thought he added a lot of fun to that show. and That show is a perfect fit for him. There's a way he could have been out of that show where he would have just done bits like I think right. he sort of did when he was on it a couple of years ago, you know, as kind of a roving reporter and jumping off boats and doing things like that. But that show requires a lot of knowledge of college football to sit at that desk and talk intelligently about, uh, you know, what dozens and dozens of teams that are different from the NFL teams you also have to talk about. And that's like, I mean, that's what's always amazing to me about him is he can be you know, a headliner at WrestleMania and he can do the radio show, right? The podcast, like it's the podcast, but he can also just slide in there and be like football analyst. 
and be good at it, you know, yeah. and not be and not seem like, oh, I'm kind of faking my way through it. Seem like he knows what he needs to know to do a show like that. Yeah. Pretty and wild. I, you know, he, ha- you know, listen, obviously he's a character. So I think maybe some people, maybe some people don't understand the work ethic or appreciate the work ethic or think of him as a character. But I knew I didn't know he'd be as good as he was on game day, but I knew he would take it seriously and give a top effort because he had to give up his Friday night SmackDown gig. Yeah. So he's not going to do that just to go half acid on, on game day. So I thought once he did that, I was like, Oh, he's, he's serious about this. And I think he, I'm sure he, you know, has a massive level of respect for college game day because it is an iconic show. Yeah. And if you just look at his podcast, the secret of it is it's really well produced and really well constructed. Like whatever the story of the day is, even if it's, live golf or something that's not in his wheelhouse the british british open right he has like five minutes of that and that found yep. that and that five minutes is on youtube or excuse me on twitter like instantly and i'm yep. always like oh yeah here we go right this is what everybody's talking about and he's talking about it and it's just there's just a level there of prep as you say but also just kind of figuring things out that's really cool yep. now for the for the sports media story of the year could have went in a few directions. I went with the NFL broadcaster shuffle from early 2022. We all know it. I don't have to rehash it, but I'll, I'll do it quickly. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman go from Fox to ESPN. Um, Burkhart, Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson get bumped up to the a crew. NBC pushes Al out. He goes to Amazon surprise. There's Herb street joins him when it looked like it was going to be Troy Aikman and then Sean McVay, but it was, Kirk Herbstreit adds another gig. So he joins Al and then Mike Tirico obviously takes over for Al. And then the biggest bombshell of them all is that Tom Brady signs a 10 year, $375 million deal to become Fox's lead analyst and makes this weird situation with Greg Olson, who was on the pod last week, if anybody missed it. Um, In terms of the season, you know, the season came and I don't think the differences, the ramifications, the, what was I, I thought the significant thing was I, I think Buck and Aikman really elevated Monday Night Football. Other than that, yeah. I don't know if their fallout was significant, but there was a couple of months there where it was complete anarchy with the NFL announcers. So that that was my story of the year. What it was about a great you? time to beat us. Yes. We could feel like Bill Carter did during the you know late so night wars when all that felt very, very important. So I'm with you, though. I mean, this is one of those things, and we could say this about any transaction in sports media or really anywhere else. The transaction is often more interesting on its own than what the result of the transaction is. And has your NFL viewing experience this fall really changed all that much? The only difference I feel it is on Monday night because I haven't watched the Manning cast all year because I've been, I just, you know, like Troy Troy and Joe are there and I just leave it on. I don't think about it but that's been the only i would say that's the only difference yeah and i'd say the crews right now top to bottom of the a crews are really good and i've said i think a couple times this is like the best i remember them being in my lifetime again there's not a real weak spot there that you can find Mm. but just in terms of look there was a lot of money there was a lot of interesting little power moves and all that stuff but at the end of the day what was that about i mean there was a moment where you could say okay fox has figured out that announcers shouldn't be paid gobs of money. So they're going to go young and bet on it. But then they just signed Tom Brady for twice what they would have paid Troy Aikman. So that wasn't an idea. 
Right. There was really no idea behind any of it other than <clears throat> we're going to go shuffle people around, pay some people some more money, have some power games and stuff like that. Right. And at the end of the day, it's football. We're still watching it anyway. And yeah, that's where I Well, ended. obviously, you know, Tony Romo signed the huge contract. So then other people wanted to get paid. Yes. Um, As they should. And I way. do think the, all, the, the league and the networks all re-signed, I think, 10-year deals. But So... You know, it's funny because I've had people will say to me like, oh, what about this? What about this person moving? Aaron Rodgers should get in the booth and this. I'm like, here's the thing. What happened in early 2022? That's not happening for a long time because they all have long term contracts. These are the booths now outside of the Brady wild card. These are going to or something, you know, someone decides to retire out of nowhere. These are the booths for a very long time because they all sign these big deals this year. Yeah, I agree. And now, of course, we say that. And then there'll right. be some tweet, you know, Kirk Herbstreit, right. you know, doesn't, I don't know how he feels about the NFL. But well, I can see Al maybe departing early from Thursday night. <laughs> well, and what, what made this whole thing possible is that you could offer somebody 15 to $20 million either to change networks or to leave the NFL, like in Sean McVay's case or maybe John right. Lynch's case, and come to broadcasting. So if it's not an A job where you have $15 million in a briefcase to offer somebody, right. is it really going to be that interesting a job? You know, yeah. no, Aaron Rodgers would be like, yeah, I would love to work on the C crew. You know, like, no, he's not. But you I've know. heard a lot of, I've heard some little birdies have told me Rodgers is going to do studio for Fox eventually. I've heard the same uh, from at least one birdie. Yep. And, you know, Fox is kind of in the same, we talk about college game day, right? Fox has had the same guys in that job for 25 years. Right. So obviously at some point, those guys aren't going to want to do it anymore. Right. And yeah, he would be, I mean, that's the move, right? Is you keep the people that viewers know, and then you add the youngish person to the mix. Yeah. That's the McAfee thing. So I, I right. yeah, I think he would. I think he's, by the way, he would be interested in being an announcer. He, he strikes me as that kind of guy. We always wonder, even about Brady, is he really interested in being an announcer? Aaron Rodgers feels like he is interested in being an announcer. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's funny now that there's so much speculation about Brady won't end up doing it. Um, I, I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't. I just, why wouldn't he? Why would he give up 375 million? He's obviously in a new phase of his life here um, from a personal standpoint. So I think it makes sense for him to do it. And I don't think he'd shy away from doing the work. I don't think so either. And I think he'd be competitive about it. Competitive with Troy, with Peyton, with all these guys. I think the only thing with Peyton, I mean, excuse me, with Brady would be like, what are the things he most wants to do in football now? Number one, clearly own a team or be part of an ownership group. So if there was a way to get in there and do that, right. you know, maybe he'd prioritize. I also heard the theory that he's going to use a couple of years at Fox to basically do an audit of the entire league because we be going around talking to people, you know, so maybe that sets that up. That makes sense. That makes sense. A um, couple of other awards that I wanted to discuss. Um, I, I didn't put this in the column. This didn't make because I wanted to keep it positive. I thought, and let's go negative here. I thought the worst development of this season, of the of the year, I should say. Worst deals, worst business thing, worst thing for fans. 
MLB signing exclusive, that's the word here, exclusive streaming deals with Apple TV on a Friday night and Peacock on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Now, I don't have proof of this. I'd be willing to bet every single dollar in my bank account they didn't add one younger viewer with these deals. And all they did was piss off the established fans because by exclusive, those were the only ways to watch local games. I thought it was a horrible deal other than MLB got to make back some money that they lost when ESPN did not resign a deal. You know, ESPN used to air games during the week. Now they only air Sunday night. So MLB lost some money there. So this is how they decided to make back that money. And I say it's the worst deal because I, I don't want to hear the bullshit that it's about growing the game or getting new fans. It's just no new fan is watching Apple TV on a Friday night to watch the Guardians against the Royals. Not happening. So I thought it, it, those deals were embarrassing for the sport and disgraceful for the fans. Well, thank God we didn't have a home run chase right in the middle of it because oh. that would really piss people off. Well, all you needed to know about how baseball feels about those streaming deals. Well, this was this was local. Well, one, they would have they were trying to get the game off Apple, the Yankee game with Judge. I guess they couldn't. The Yankees locally signed a deal with Amazon where Amazon has Friday night games. And when, when Judge was going for the record, they pulled it off the Amazon and put it on local TV. So they even they know the streaming deals are ridiculous. <laughs> I was saw this, you know, Wayne Randazzo was going for the Mets, the Angels see that go across Twitter yes. call and he wound up calling the Pujols home run. Was that yes. One? Yes. <laughs> and he is an excellent, excellent broadcaster by the way. He yeah. did Mets local radio and he was excellent. Yeah, it's just but it was goes to what you're talking about, which is like let's have a kind of seemingly somewhat random combination of broadcaster and historic moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not even and I'm not even critiquing the broadcast. I'm I'm talking about just the deals. Um Yeah, I agree. Atrocious. With you, yeah. It just feels like there's a way to make money here, which yep. we have accomplished, and then there's a way to add fans, which is that you're seemingly not accomplishing. Now, I don't know the way to do that. Right. But I don't, I'm with you. I think that's well, probably not it. Get the get the games to be two hours, and maybe you can start there. Um, I I, I want to just backtrack because I mentioned McAfee as the best addition to to a show full time, and I gave I mentioned Chris Russo uh, best addition to a show part time because he does Wednesdays in the first take. Now, I obviously I'm a little biased here. I'm this huge what? Chris Mad Dog Russo fan. In case you didn't, I haven't know. I haven't noticed that from your Twitter account. I may have t- the Russo quote yeah. of the day. I may have tweeted one or two Russo videos this year. Um, do you care at all about that show? I, and I do care about Chris Russo. And I think okay. when, when they started that, my feeling was, how did they not figure this out sooner? How did they not figure this out? Because who is the person who's going to be the best sparring partner with Stephen A? Well, somebody that comes from sports radio, right. somebody who has no fear, somebody who will just talk about any subject, whether they are an expert on that subject or not. And then somebody with like Russo, who has a little, is gravitas a word we can use with sports radio? I don't think it's a word you could use with Russo. (laughs) But just being around for a long time. Yes, yes. He's he's an authority figure. Yeah, exactly. And the first time you saw it, you were like, oh yeah, yeah, that was a good idea. You know, and somebody, yeah. by the way, who has no compunction about the form, because part of it going on first take is you can't go in there and be like, eh, I don't feel comfortable with this. I have a little I have some reservations that we're going to 
argue at loud volume about sports. Chris Rousseau is his game. He's yeah. all in. Yeah. Right? He's not like, he's not like, ah, this is kind of not for me. No, no, no. That's, that's the medium he's worked yeah. in his whole life. And Stephen A, I think, deserves a lot of credit for supposedly bringing Russo on was Stephen A's idea. I, you know, that's what I've heard. I don't know who knows how true that is. I'm sure it is. Um, but he lets Russo be Russo. And, you know, the problem with shows like that is there, there is still there, one person is usually the top person who's usually going to get the last word. It's not like that. He lets Russo do his thing. And, you know, Stephen A's there making, you know, whatever it is, 10, 15 million. He doesn't have to bow down to anyone or sort of play second fiddle and he does and that's what i think makes it work i think the fact that he lets dog go at him is uh is says a lot about Stephen a there which was not happening with kellerman and with him it really kind of only happened with skip in terms of people who he seemed to regularly like okay i'm okay with this dynamic i don't know if michael irvin like its own thing but yeah, it's it it does the show doesn't work if you don't feel the person respects the other person or thinks the I maybe say the person is on the same level that they are. And he feels like <sighs> Yeah. And and I really wanted to figure out a way and I didn't, and I wish I could have, but I wanted to figure out a way in that awards piece to come up with some award or title for Molly Kiram because she really does an outstanding job on that. I mean, I usually only watch it on Wednesdays. I don't what but what she has to deal with is not easy at all. And she does it flawlessly. She's really, really good. <laughs> yeah. It's like you want the show to be off the rails, but not off the rail. Right. Right. Exactly. We got to get in, got to get those commercials in, right? We got to go from topic to topic. And yeah, I agree. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. And another award I gave out, um, I, I did best podcast 
and I gave it to Jason and Travis Kelsey, who have a new podcast that I love called New Heights. There are so many podcasts out there that how you pick one is absurd. But I want to tie in two things here. I want to ask you if you have a new podcast you started listening to that you really enjoyed this year or you want to mention one. And the other thing is, I think the Kelsey podcast goes into another big storyline in sports media this year, which is which was the new media versus old. Not even new versus old, but just new media. Draymond Green obviously made it a big deal. And we see all these current athletes hosting podcasts now or, you know, pretty much just out of the gate. J.J. Reddick has a super popular one. He, he just stopped playing a few years ago. The Kelsey brothers have it. Um, Draymond Green has his, obviously. You're seeing current players doing radio interviews every week. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers on McAfee, for instance. So it is sure. a, so new media versus old media was a thing this year that I'd love to hear from you on. And if you have a podcast you want to throw out there and uh, mention is something you thought was the best, go for it. Well, I think the player ones rely in large part on how good the season they're having or their teams are having. So the Kelseys are right in the right in the happy spot right here. Yep. As long as yep. Jalen Hurts' shoulder holds up. Draymond's had a lot of juice on it in during the NBA Finals. Because I'm not sure how often I would listen to all 20 minutes of that, if we're being honest, after every Finals game. But there was a certain immediacy to being like, oh, my gosh. Here is somebody who just played in the finals game talking for 20, 25 minutes right, about the game they just played. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers one has had less juice, to be honest, since Aaron Rodgers is not winning on the road to winning his third straight MVP. Right. Packers aren't good. So that's an interesting part of it to me. I, I sort of am. My attitude's always been the more the merrier about the quote unquote new media stuff. By the way, that is the worst title ever. It just, yeah. I, I, did Draymond I, coin that or did that come from somewhere else? I don't know if he coined it, but he certainly used it a lot. Right. Uh, you know, and I think sometimes there's a little edge of, you know, I'm the one who gets to talk about me. Uh, you, the reporters, don't get to talk about me on your show. I get to, this is the, this is the, this is good right. to talk about me. And I don't have any problem with obviously athletes doing that, but I also think like, this hasn't really replaced anything in my life. Right. I still want well, reporters. Right. I and I'll, podcast. And I also think there's some element, especially when Draymond Green says it, when he says new media, new media, to me, it almost means like players will not be bashed or, and, and bashed is even, or, you know, players won't be criticized even. Well, I, you know, I hate to say this and maybe I'm going to sound like it. If you play a sport, and maybe you mess up somewhere along the line, like you're going to get criticized. Like that's just part of the gig. Like, I'm sorry, the week we're taping this, like you're allowed to say bad things about Jacoby Myers. Like it's just, that's just part of it. And Draymond, like new media means like, oh, we'll never. So you have to also have some credibility there. I mean, you have to, if you're a current player hosting a podcast, you have to say like, what the hell was Jacoby Myers doing? You can't be like, well, the guy was trying hard and Gave a good effort. Like, so to me, a lot of new media, I'm doing air quotes for people listening, is code for like, we're not criticizing any athlete ever. And that's a little ridiculous. Yeah. No, I mean, look, that's, that's sorry, part of it is like, I want to be in a place where I'm going to do my thing without having the sports writer interme intermediary asking me questions or interviewing me and all that stuff. That's clearly part of this. Also, I want to own things. You know, I want to own a piece of the media. Right. That and that, by the way, goes to broadcasting too. Like there's a reason Peyton Manning is doing the Manning cast rather than sitting in a boot because he can have yeah. some ownership of the stuff he works on. So I, I do understand it from that point too. I but again, it's to me, it's always a supplement 
to the stuff journalists do rather than something that's replacing the stuff journalists do. Agree. Agree. Um, a couple of other things from the column for awards. You know, given that I write a daily column for SI.com, I'm always looking for stuff that's going viral. And, it's, you know, it's not just sports media, but anything sort of in the Internet world. And I said that the um, viral moment of the year, and to me, this was not even close. There was no runner up, <laughs> was Brian Windhorst. And yeah. why do you think? What was that about? <laughs> what a phenomenal moment and i love that he sort of embraced it and it it really it was it became really fun and a lot of times we all forget about having fun but that was just so good it was so, so good it feels like we should do like the nba postseason trophies where they're now naming it after people and just name this after brian windhorse you know the brian yeah. windhorse yeah, moment, yeah. viral moment of the year going forward because he's like <laughs> it's like naming something after jordan you know like i, I think this is it right this is and as you say well i don't I'm sure there were other funny things like that, but it was awesome. The whole, the, every part of it was awesome. It was, right. You hit on it. There's a lot of layers there. Like it starts out, it's supposed to be a conversation about Kevin Durant. He brings up a Nets jazz trade. Yes. His colleagues don't know what the hell he's talking about. And he's basically telling them like, <laughs> just sit there and listen while I explain what's going on. And then the double finger point, why uh -huh. would the jazz do that? I, and I have to say, you know, I'm sure you feel this way too. We're on Twitter so much because of what we do. And there, are, we could probably each, uh, each of us could probably name a hundred gifts that we don't ever want to see again that get used on a daily basis. But I have to say when that meme pops up <laughs> once in a while, I laugh. I still laugh. It's so good. I know. It's a good, it's a big laugh every time. And just, yeah. and again, just like if you just did a transcript of what he actually said, it was so elliptical and <laughs> so baffling to people who do not have, who are not sitting there on NBA Twitter and are able to sort of decode what he's talking about. And here's the best part of this, which I just realized I forgot to write in my comps. So I have to go edit that when we're done here. Everything he said ended up making sense because yes. then they traded yes. Rudy Gobert. Like that, that, I think, elevated that whole episode. Absolutely. Huge fan. Yeah, that was so good. Um all right, I got a couple of things here from the year I, that didn't make the awards column, but I want to just mention they're totally random, but I'm just going to throw them out there and we'll get your take. Um, I thought it was interesting after all the years of Joe Buck getting unfairly bashed that when the All-Star game happened and the MLB playoffs happened, there was so much, I miss Joe Buck on Twitter. <laughs> Where and I, I went through it. I, yeah, I wrote columns about it. Um, th there was a lot of like, I don't even like Joe Buck and I miss Joe Buck. I mean, it was, and there were a lot of people just, you know, the playoffs didn't feel the same without Joe Buck. I felt that way myself. What did you think? I agree. Um, I think the Buck bashing in our world anyway ended a while back. Yeah. But it sort of lived on in twitter and on people who didn't realize it had stopped it never made any sense anyway but it did people on in like other parts of twitter who didn't realize it had stopped and they're coming oh let's get one more on on joe buck and you're right, right. then we all watched it watch the you know baseball playoffs and went oh huh. okay you, you know like it's not it's not the same like he's yeah. he just got to this level and i always thought this about him and i think i wrote this one time where he made it look so easy that i think people underrated it 
Yeah, for sure. And he, he and it was he didn't look like he's trying hard, right? And but right. He, he is doing it at such a high level that you almost are like, oh, I don't realize how good this is until he's gone. And he's been doing it for so long. You don't so think of that because he still looks young, but yeah. yeah. And I found it fascinating because he told me on the pod when I had him on um, recently that it was the baseball fans who were really merci- who, who who really lit him up he said football fans were always fine with him it wasn't the bashing from football fans was minimal he said it was really all baseball fans and baseball comes and everyone's like oh we missed we miss hearing that voice that meant the fall classic and this is because baseball fans are used to their home announcers for 162 games a year right right and they don't yes. the national voice comes in and they go eh, and I'm like, eh, you're and of course the stupid bias thing and all that stuff i mean it's 100 percent. yeah you would think in this day and age of streaming and alternate telecast that they'd find a way to get the local announcers somewhere to do the baseball playoffs but uh, i think so right i mean i use my serious radio for that a lot yep. on nfl sundays and college saturdays you know just yep. to kind of give myself another stream which is fun a lot of the time yeah yeah that would be yeah they cool. get the, the local radio it's the local tv that gets shut out in baseball um speaking of the baseball playoffs i thought one of the low moments of the year for sports television was that promo that aired during one of the tbs which is part of the discovery family which includes hbo uh-huh. where bob costas of all people i mean i think that's what made it so horrific was bob costas who's got such gravitas and such a serious journalist gets on camera and says the game was in jeopardy of being played tonight meanwhile the game was in new york where i live it was a beautiful day so i know what the hell was going on and they cut to poor lauren shahadi who has to do this cringeworthy promo about game of thrones or the new game of thrones or the old game whatever it was with, with some CGI dragon dragon that was not that was not good no and i saw costas quoted later saying he didn't know what was happening it was like a promo thrown in front of him you know like okay what do i get to read this time and it's like what the hell is this yeah yeah it just it's just one of those things too and you talk about like baseball fans like who who is watching that game and sees that it's like you know i should check out house of the dragon i didn't know this was happening let let me go check out this this show you know like no surely no one is thinking that i'm just fascinated someone came someone came up with an idea to for bob costas to tell the audience the game was in jeopardy of being played How, (laughs) how does that get approved did they go to like rain delay programming like they had when we were kids if there was a dragon <laughs> attack on the stadium? Do you know? I mean just do like old old documentaries for an hour. I just have Bob Euchre on screen, it. you know, filling yeah. time. I don't get it. I didn't get it then, I don't get it now. Um the other thing I wanted to mention, I oh, always yeah, I thought you were gonna yeah. say Harry Carey coming back to life when you said like worst promo. Like, <laughs> it's <laughs> no, you know, I saw that in recapping the year, I saw that and I said this was bad. This is very bad. But I remember, I do remember when it happened. There were a few people who didn't think it was horrible. Whereas the the Game of Thrones promo, everyone was like, there, there was no one on the side of TBS on that one. Yeah, I, I, I felt with Harry, I felt like I didn't, I did not, I did not need to see that ever happen again. And <laughs> let's not bring John Madden back. Let's not right. bring Vinny back. Agree. Let's not bring anybody back. But I also thought like, there was a whole kind of this is disgraceful on Twitter. I was like, you saw Harry Carey work, right? You you saw you saw the parodies of Harry Carey 
from Will Ferrell during his lifetime, right? Like, you know, <laughs> are we sure that this is what this is where you draw the line for we yeah. are insulting Harry Carey? It's like, eh, I think. Again, someone comes up with that idea and it gets approved. It is. It was very it's surprising. It's amazing when somebody watched that and was like, you know what? Right. Let's go with it. Let's go with yeah, CGI. The other, thing, the other thing I wanted to mention, um, well, there's two things. The, well, this isn't necessarily anything for awards, but I love, I'm not mature, so I love good fights and awkward moments on live TV or radio. Mm-hmm. Give me as many awkward fights, whatever. And what I liked this year was Lebertard had two back-to-back Everyone can have the one-off, but he had something very contentious with M- Michelle Tafoya, who uh-huh. said he was trying to trap her or whatever. And then he followed that up with a little awkwardness with Ryan Fitzpatrick, of all people, who, you know, <laughs> who everyone loves. And he's one of these people that Twitter has declared you're never allowed to say anything bad about. Like, if you don't like Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're not allowed on Twitter. Um, so did you have any, do you I have any moments you, from... Way. Was that sewer of the awkward moment as well? Give me, give me something. Patrick thing to me was the better of the two because they were trying to set up Fitzpatrick to tell a funny story, what they thought was a funny story, right? Right. He was just not into it. Right. I don't want to talk about About getting hurt on a water slide. Yeah. And is this the one where Dan, excuse me, Dan Patrick, no offense to anybody, where Levitard was dressed up as Kane during the interview that just gave it this unbelievable (laughs) second gear? I think it was Halloween costume. I think it was Halloween week and he was dressed as the wrestler Kane. Yes. (laughs) And then fighting with Ryan and Ryan Fitzpatrick Patrick threatening to hang up on him. Yeah. If you're, if you're ever going to have an awkward moment uh, on television or on streaming, you should definitely be dressed as Kane when you're doing it. And I think what happened there was Fitzpatrick was on the phone. He wasn't on zoom. So he couldn't even see. Lebitard. And I think one of the things the Lebitard people thought was, you know, without, you know, tone is lost if you can't see, if you're just listening. And I think that Fitzpatrick thought they were trying to do like a gotcha to make him admit he got injured on this water slide. But like the show is just trying to have this lighthearted moment. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, who everyone acts like is, you know, the greatest chum in the world, got all bent out of shape. Totally. And when they ask the question, you could you could totally know. And you you and I do this all the time when interviewing people. You're always looking for here's the funny note that, that I could sort of throw in here amidst yeah. you know five semi serious questions to like yeah. hopefully grab a funny story. And that's so clearly what they were doing. And Fitz was like, Nah, I'm I'm all good. Not playing. Speaking of Fitzpatrick, I I, I should have mentioned earlier one of the biggest sports media stories was the NFL inking an exclusive deal with Amazon prime for Thursday night football. And we mentioned Al a couple of times and the bad schedule. Um, I think it's very, very significant that the NFL will give an exclusive package to a streaming service. It's worked out well from the standpoint of, I don't know. I mean, I watch the games each week. They seem fine. There's nothing, you don't feel like you're watching it. I don't like that. I'm trapped by watching it on a streaming service and I can't flip around, but it it looks no different than a Sunday night game or a CBS 425 game. um, how significant for the league, how significant for Amazon, how significant of a sports media story this year for the NFL going to Amazon and Amazon's broadcasts. I agree with you that the production has been awesome, um, of the game itself, you know, and that was, I think the big thing with Amazon is they wanted to like, we want to want you to flip on 
and recognize this as NFL football and not just NFL football, but like a really well-produced Sunday night game, like as Freddie Gadelli did before he went over to Amazon. Um, so that was, that was really cool. Like that part was good. I still would just kind of wish this had been a little more of a laboratory for experimentation. I mean, we got like dude perfect, which I was watched 90 seconds of. And so I think I get, I think I get the idea. Uh, we got LeBron, right, as an alternate stream. But I, I kind of wanted them, and, you know, getting Fitzpatrick and Richard Sherman on, like, that. those guys are really good. Um, Chris Thompson, good. Like, I'm I'm, I'm good with a lot of the elements of the broadcast. I just kind of wish there was some part of this that felt very, very different than the NFL, even whether it was an alternate stream or something else that really hit. And I think they're still looking for that. And I think that was probably on their checklist when the season started, and I think it's probably still there. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up because I thought – not necessarily one of the biggest stories of 2022 in sports media, but I do think significant, at least from my standpoint, is I, I did think once the Manning cast was invented last year and once we saw the success of it, and not just in terms of ratings, but viral moments, social media, buzz, um, I, I had a big fear that we were going to be inundated with alternate telecasts. One, that really hasn't happened, which surprises me. And two, I don't, I don't think I can think of one alternate telecast outside of the Manning cast that's been even remotely successful or got, I mean, Stephen A. Smith's done a couple for the NBA. I don't think anyone would even probably know that it's, there hasn't been any buzz there. Um, they did one with A-Rod, which I don't think anyone understands why. And again, no buzz. No one talks about that. Like I don't. I, I'm surprised there haven't been more, and I'm surprised there hasn't been maybe one more that's maybe broken out. What do you think about the the future and the current state of the alternate telecast? I think year one of the Manning cast was kind of a one-off because they were the best announcers calling Monday Night Football that year. I mean, <laughs> right. I don't forget Kevin Harlan. They were the best announcers calling Monday Night Football on TV that year. And they were right. funny, and they did bits, and it felt different and all that stuff. But it was like, so people like you and I are like, I'm watching the Manning cast. This is the best. This is my best broadcast option right now. Then they right. get Joe and Troy, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, you know, I'll tune on this. Watch my boss on there the other day, but that was one of the few times all year I really wanted to watch the Manning cast because yeah. other times I'm like, okay, I'll see it on Twitter. It got into a little bit of the late night show zone or Saturday Night Live zone where you're like, am I going to watch this or am I going to just trust that Twitter will deliver me the great two minutes of this the next day? Yep. I think that's where we are with it. I mean, I was shocked they did one on Monday night with Rams Packer, but I guess they're locked in before the season and they don't really, there's no flex there with the Manning cast. So. <laughs> there's a lot of Ram, bad Rams games on national TV. Oh, right up there God. with the Broncos. I'll tell you, that could be a big storyline if you want to just take the NFL season of 2022. The primetime schedule, the amount oh. of Broncos, Rams, Colts <laughs> is like, you've got to be kidding. And, they really the Christmas Day is kind of a disaster for them. I know. And they've got God, we're getting Cowboys Eagles on Christmas Eve. And now Jalen Hurts might not play. So that takes uh, a lot of the, you know. The prime time's been rough this year, I think. For you know, I Monday night's been I think Monday night has got a really bad schedule until the last week when I, I think they have Bengals Bills, which will be huge. Right. Could but be the next couple the number one seed, right? If the Bills right. will need yeah. will almost certainly need to win. When we when we do this podcast one year from now and we wrap up 2023, I do think what we'll be talking about is an enormous story will be 
Monday night having flex next year. Yeah. That will be a huge, huge deal. Because it's going to be, you're going to have anarchy moving games from Sunday to Monday for fans who have tickets and scheduling issues. Who knows how the players will react. And then obviously it'll be nice for the fan at home who's watching to get a better game on Monday nights. I think that's going to be a huge story next year. I agree. Um, and, and again, it's just like when you have the standalone game, whether it's Thursday, Sunday, Monday, first of all, there's one game. So we're all locked right. in. And second of all, we're all like locked in a room on sports Twitter complaining about it. I mean, that, that to me is a, like kind of underrated media story of 2022 is us just, just crapping on the primetime games on Twitter. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah. And I, I thought this was so funny because people were talking about Amazon. Oh man, what a this has got to be awful for Amazon. Look how much money they paid. And they got this crappy Broncos game. It's like, no, no, you've been tweeting through the whole game, dude. I knew whoever you are. I know you're watching this because I've seen your tweets from, from the beginning to the end. And that's where so sports betting here. and fantasy puts the NFL on a level that no other sport can get to. Plus, it's NFL football. I mean, this is, right. you know, and, and should we have been surprised with Thursday night? This was the one <laughs> NFL package none of the networks wanted. They all had it, and they all were like, nope, right. all good, goodbye. 100%. 100%. This too, and I, I've, I've gotten into this confusion a little bit with people on Twitter who, who have responded to some of the things I've tweeted, but I haven't written them back because I try not to do that. But there's, 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 there's two different things about a bad game. There's a bad game now is two teams that are not going to make the playoffs. So if the Rams and Packers on Monday night would have played a 35-34 thriller that goes down to the last play, it's still a bad game because the game's meaningless. It's a, to, So I, if the games are meaningless, it, I don't care if the game's thrilling. Like I care from the standpoint of, okay, it's not a total waste of three hours that I'm watching it and betting it. But in terms of the broadcasters calling the games, what the, we will all be want at this point is games where the, at least one team is fighting for a playoff spot. When there's two teams out of it, it doesn't matter how good the game is. That's my personal preference. Yeah, and I guess the only exception would be if you have like Justin Fields having a weird, weirdly awesome game or something, right? Right. Could, could you care, right? Young quarterback right. kind of thing. Right. Maybe that gets you over there. Trevor Lawrence, as he did against Cowboys on Sunday, like, you know, just lighting it up and you're like, okay, oh, well, I'm interested. Yeah, at least it's right. fun, you know, right. But that's um, that's the NFL problem all the time this year. Yep. I want to I want to wrap it up, but I just want to give you the floor here. Is there any huge story from the era we didn't touch upon? Anything we missed? Anything you want to mention in terms of the best or the worst in sports media of 2022? Well, let me steal one from your list uh, yeah. that you and I both care about, which is Ian Eagle getting the bump up in the NCAA tournament. Um, you and I both know there's a big, big difference between a number one job and a number two job in this business. It's a big difference. Now, look, it, number two announcers have great lives. <laughs> they make great money. They do awesome games. Ian's the number two guy in the NFL. He gets to a playoff game. He will be fine. Yeah. But there is something when there's somebody like him that all of us really admire or almost all of us really admire. And you see, finally, he gets to be the guy on the NCAA tournament. And he only gets to do that because Jim Nance, who has been the Supreme Court justice of calling NCAA tournaments, this is 1991. What what in this earth has happened the same way since 1991? Right. Uh, steps aside. And it's awesome. Like, it's just so cool. I mean, this happened with Vern Lundquist, too. Remember, it's like years and years. He yeah. was 
that other guy. And then he gets the SEC at the end of his career. And it's like, oh, yes, we all get to lock in and appreciate Vern. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Ian. Ian, the difference here is that Ian's like in his prime. He is absolutely one of the best announcers. I've, I've always said I, what I love about him is he can be excited in like 18 different registers. There's like a 10, there's a 9.1, there's an 8.3. He's just going up and down the keyboard like Jerry Lee Lewis. It's great. And what I love about it is I don't know how, how much people outside of the New York area will, will know this because we'll, we'll understand this and get this because for years, Ian worked with Raftery doing Nets games locally. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how, if you want to tell me they're the best broadcast crew of all time, I wouldn't argue. That's how good they were. Like they have a chemistry. There's a father son type thing there. And I love that the nation will get that when Ian gets into that number one role and does the games at Raftery. Because if you didn't watch the, you know, there were local Nets games. So obviously the audience there is not massive, but as a New Yorker, I watched them because those two were historical together. And um, I'm, I'm glad the uh, country will get a taste of Ian working with Raftery. When you're in the number one slot, can you do as many puns as you did when you were in the number two slot? That's you should, you, you should people. listen. It's, it's sports. It's tournament. <laughs> you should be able to do it. But, how, but quite as many puns. I mean, I really, say, I say more. 10%? More. I say more. More puns. <laughs> bigger the audience. You have a bigger audience, so you need to All do right, more. Birdman, you heard it from Jimmy Trainer. More puns. We'll, we'll end on something that has nothing to do with 2022 year in review of sports media. I mean, it, it, I, I understand. I get it. It's natural. It shouldn't freak me out. But listening to Noah Eagle on the, Lion, on the Vikings-Colts game, I mean, you... He sounds exactly like I. It's unbelievable. It's yeah. unbelievable. The Here, voice. And I saw him a couple, well, I guess a couple years now in the Clippers press room. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you are the child of Ian Eagle. Yeah. Everything but, about you indicates that to me. And it's not just the sound. It's the inflections, the tones, the phrasing. It's it's, it's the way you carry yourself, right? I always yeah. compare people who call games to drivers, you know, when you're sitting in the passenger seat. And yeah. some people you feel like you're going to go off the highway and into the guardrail and some people just drive and you're just like, right. relax. They both have the same way of making you relax. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Brian, I appreciate you coming on wrapping up 2022 year in sports media. Obviously everyone can check Brian Curtis out at the ringer and the press box podcast. What a, what a, what a racket this podcast business is now. I, I, do you, let me ask you, do you ever just say, cause I, this is what happens to me. I just sit there and I'm like, I think I did a really good podcast and the guest was good. It'll get an excellent amount of listens and downloads. And then I just think like, everybody has a podcast. So like, how do you get yours to like, everyone has one. It's unbelievable. I know. And I think it's kind of freeing in a way, because if you thought you were the only podcast in the world the only podcast in your category i think it would just like i would just treat it like i was writing a story where i'm just freaking out and pulling my hair out and all that stuff but when you realize like oh there's tons of these i think it's almost like joe and troy doing thursday night it's like, let's just <laughs> yeah. cut it loose you know <laughs> let's just do right. it that's what it is just do your thing and whatever happens happens um yeah. it's yeah. different but it's fun yeah. like i said people can check out brian doing his thing on the press box podcast for the ringer And we will see him, of course, down the road again on the SI Media Podcast. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. And uh, be well. Let's go do some pre-recorded podcasts for the week after Christmas. Yeah. The worst. All right. Take care. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun, such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. All right, joining me now for the last time in 2022. It's been a great year sharing train of thoughts with my buddy Sal Akata from WFAN Radio in New York, SNY TV in New York. Sal, Merry Christmas. How's it going? Merry Christmas. I can't believe another year in the books. This is what, a year and a half? Because we did this. Yeah. When, did, when did I start coming on with you? Last year, right? <clears throat> Like September, maybe, I think, of 2021. Okay. Okay, right. Somewhere yeah, in that. Maybe, maybe August. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's gone well. I, um, I don't even have any notes because this is the last one I figured we'd just shoot the shit. But a couple of things I do want to bring up. Literally a couple of minutes before we started taping because we talk about this all the time. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that NFL Sunday ticket is going to go to Google slash YouTube. Google owns YouTube, so it's the same company. So YouTube is where you'll be watching Sunday ticket starting next year. I don't know how I feel about that. (coughs) My initial reaction, and I didn't know this. You just broke the news to me. I was rooting for Apple because I'm familiar with their interface. So I don't – I mean, I watch YouTube, but – not the way that I would something Apple. So I don't know, whatever. It's got to be, be either way. It's got to be better than direct TV and good riddance now to direct TV. We should never have to deal with them again. Well, yes, hundred percent, no doubt. Um, but I want to reserve judgment on positive or negative till I see what they're going to offer. As I've said on the pod before, I need a quad box. I want to watch four or six. Let me choose which games I want to watch. How many games on the screen? If YouTube lets me do that, God bless YouTube. But like, you know, listen, I've been out of Sunday ticket now for three years because I had to get rid of direct TV. So I cannot wait to get my Sunday ticket back and stop going to sports bars every weekend. Well, that's the thing. I don't think this is going to be worse. I mean, how they have to know 
what the product has been for however many years it's been with DirecTV or even just right. streaming since that take is since that's been taken over. I would hope that they would want to build on that and make it even better. So I think this is a win win. Now you're right. We got to see how it's going to work out. But I personally, <clears throat> as somebody who's had this product for years, dating regular DirecTV, just a streaming service. I enjoyed it. It could always be improved upon. I enjoyed it, but I'm looking forward. I'm excited about what Google now is going to or YouTube is going to do with it. This part of me, this part of me that kind of wishes ESPN Plus would have been a player for this because ESPN Plus does a phenomenal job with their streaming. I watch college football all day on Saturdays on ESPN Plus. <clears throat> and I think ESPN would cater. You know, I don't know what Google and YouTube know about how to cater to the sports fan, how to cater to the, right. I know ESPN would know what a sports fan wants. So hopefully someone at Google slash YouTube, they, they understand. I mean, listen, the NFL is going to be a huge part of this. So that's, a, you know, a factor, but um, give us as many options as possible is really what it comes down to. As long as you have the game mix option, right? that's, that's all. I mean, I cause you're obviously going to be able to watch every game. So we know that. As long as they have a proper game mix option, I don't see how they could screw this thing up. Now, are you going to be able to watch any football this weekend? The full slate is on Saturday, Christmas Eve, and then there's three games on Christmas Day. And you caught a little bit of a break as an NFL fan because the games on Christmas Day are not really great. Miami Green Bay starts it off. That's a good game to because the the Dolphins are in playoff contention. The middle game of the day, you don't have to watch one play of. It's it's Broncos Rams, so <clears throat> you can enjoy that on. You could skip that on Christmas Day, and then mm -hmm. at night, Bucks Cardinals. I mean, the Bucks are in first place at six and eight. It's Brady, so you might tune in for that. The key really is Sunday, Dallas and Philly at four twenty five. But now Jalen Hurts isn't playing. Are you going to be able to watch any of it? Wait a second, Hurts is out. <laughs> I didn't even see that. It it it, it appears that way. It appears as we way. tape this on Tuesday night. I was, yeah. was not aware of that. Um, I'll get you, go ahead. I'll look. I'll so get you so Saturday, right. Saturday is the problem. Sunday is not an issue because I'm going to my in-laws anyway. And I, I, even if it's a crappy game, I, I, you know, let me watch the game to kind of get out of doing whatever I, I got to be doing. I've already got the text message from my brother-in-law. Oh, Hey, hope <laughs> you guys get here early. I need your help cooking the chickens. I'm like, dude, it's Christmas. You think I'm cooking on Christmas? I get I, I'm either getting served by my mother or wherever I go. I'm not doing the cooking. So I'll have the games on. <laughs> I don't have I mean, come on. Uh, I'll have the games on there, but they're crappy games. The problem I have is Christmas Eve. I don't, I want to be lost in Christmas Eve. I don't want to watch the games. However, you got major fantasy implications. You got the Eagles and the Cowboys. You got the Giants at one o'clock. It's a problem. I'll probably have it on, but I'm not going to be lost. <laughs> Even like Lions Panthers turns out to be a game you got to keep tabs on. All right. Yeah, so the right. Jalen Hurts thing, as we're taping this, it says Eagles coach Nick Sirianni not ruling Jalen Hurts out yet versus Cowboys. He's got injured shoulder. All the headlines is he's not been ruled out yet. Um, Christmas Day, I'm glad 430 is a shitty game because that's usually when we eat. And then, you know, I like a game Christmas Day at night because Christmas Day night is usually there's nothing going on. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be home doing nothing. Now, where are you right. going? G give me your Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Different places? Chris yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas Eve, my parents. Christmas Day, my aunts. Yeah. Right. And the bigger one is obviously Christmas Eve. <clears throat> yes, much. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, so that's the, so what are you going to do? You're going to be wall-to-wall -wall football like you would Thanksgiving? On Christmas, <laughs> Christmas Eve, I will stay home, watch all the 1 o'clock games. Go there for four o'clock. Watch Eagles Cowboys okay. there. That's what right. I'll do. And it's got to be better than your than last Sunday. 
Yeah, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> oh, you, wait, you, I can get in trouble with my family, but you can't. I, <laughs> you don't want you don't you don't need family functions on a Sunday at six o'clock. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> um, wait, there was something I wanted to say about the Christmas NFL. Eve I can't games, remember. Christmas Day games. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Okay. Um, and you really don't dabble in the Bulls. Not at all. Sadly, yeah. um, no, no, not at all. You're smart. My San Jose Spartans minus four. Not working out for me today at 3.30 on a Tuesday. Um, is there is there a Smurf turf game on right now? I think it's... <laughs> yeah, it was. TV yeah, yeah. Saw, yeah. yeah. All right. I missed um, those days. So before you came on, I had Brian Curtis of The Ringer on who covers sports media for, for The Ringer. And we did a year in review, sports media year in review conversation for the pod. And, you know, went through biggest stories and, and stuff like that. And then it just struck me as we were getting ready to tape. Like you were part of one of the biggest sports media stories of the year with the Mets and the Braves and your prediction. And we, you may make some year end lists. I was in, I know like there was one bracket. Uh, <laughs> I forget what it was. We discussed it. Yeah, I didn't think about. Wait, that there was a, no. We list. didn't discuss a bracket. Yeah, there was something. Maybe I discussed it with uh, on the radio with Jerry when I filled in for Boomer and Geo. But somebody did some bracket of, I don't know. Maybe it was like bad takes or or I don't know something like that. Whatever it was, it was some bracket that it was <laughs> Sal from SNY on there. So yeah, I mean maybe. I, dude, I'm telling you, I can't even believe how much play that that thing got. It's ridiculous. I say dumber shit all the time, yes. and yet that got that got play. Yeah. Well, I will say this: if I mean, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, if you take like the ten biggest baseball sports media stories of the year, like you're it, you're in that top ten. <laughs> what was the date where you said the NL East was over? May. It was that Tuesday after Memorial Day because I was off Memorial Day <clears throat> so that late Monday. May. Whatever, Late. yeah, it was May like thirty first. It was either the thirtieth or thirty first. And tell me now, now that some time has passed, when the Mets had that last series of the season in Atlanta, yeah. what was your life like? I was, I was very, very, very angry that entire week. It wasn't just that weekend. It was because I was in San Francisco with my friends on a trip. At the Giants-Rockies game, I believe it was Giants-Rockies, and I'm looking at the phone because the Mets were blowing a game to the Marlins, and it bothered me because I knew, I felt it, what was coming. They were holding on, holding on, holding on all year, and then they were getting down to it right before they are about to take on the Braves, and they coughed up a game against the Marlins. It bothered me. Uh, I was angry the night after, even though they came back and beat the Marlins. And then that series was, that was it. It was me versus, it felt the world. Now, Forget now, the Mets, were all those people that were ripping me. And then the Mets go out there and get swept. It was, it was awful. It was Now, terrible. when you say you were angry, were angry. you, were you snapping? Like, would you snap at a coworker? Would you snap at your wife? Would you snap at your mom? Oh, what, what? oh yeah. A hundred percent. My friends on the trip, snapping at them. My wife, I was on edge with her. Oh, no, the whole weekend was just – and it all came down to the people on Twitter and everybody because I knew I was going to feel the wrath. It wasn't until after it went down and I accepted the fact that the Mets blew the division. And my boss at FAN, Spike Eskin, texted me and was like, dude, great job. And I'm like, 
freaking match. He's like, no, 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 no. This is great. And I still am pissed. I'm. They should have won the damn division. I don't care how much play it got. But, yeah, I was really angry for at least a week. <clears throat> I'm I'm trying to, like, I love, like, your FAN boss, Spike Eskin, calling you to say great job. I think, you know, you would think that would make you feel better. But I know it did No. <laughs> See, that's the point. I think people looked at me like, oh, he's saying this, this loudmouth New York idiot is saying this to get attention. I swear to you, I, know, I, I never know. once thought about it. And that's what happened. Unfortunately, it did blow up and it blew up in my face. So, yeah, the boss may like it, but I'm the one who still, I still get Twitter mentions to this day. I could give out a pick. Oh, here's oh, yeah. my perfect parlay. Oh, yeah, right. but how about the Braves or the NL East, whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's one of those things with Twitter where, like, just everyone's known as, like, that person whenever they get into some, you know, whatever um, it is. I'm the NL East is over guy. Right. Mm. That's me. Listen, I listen. It could be way worse. It could be way worse. You know? Right, not going with that. It never it could be like that. The the John Heyman, Aaron Judge is signing with the Giants guy. You don't want to be that. Oh, as angry as I was with the Mets and Braves, that's how happy I was when <laughs> Heyman got that one wrong. Yeah, that was <laughs> couldn't happen to a better a sh- guy. Yeah, such a uh, shame. <laughs> um, At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. New Year's Eve, will you be up at midnight? Because you have some whacked out schedule. Do you remember uh, you and I, New Year's Eve, once went to, was it Mohegan? Mohegan Sun? Or was it Foxwoods? I remember. I thought we spent the or New the Borgata, Year's. Or the maybe. We went up there. I'm pretty sure it was Mohegan <laughs> Sun. We spent the day up there, but then came back. I like, didn't stay the night. I, look, dude, I'm, I'm too old for this. I will probably be home watching movies with my wife. As much as I want to say I'm going to do something. You got any big plans on you? Are there any games? You get the New Year's. Yeah, the, the playoff. Game, right? The playoff is on. The playoff is on New Year's Eve. But at night or four o'clock is the latest. Four game. and eight. 
four and eight. Okay. Oh, it is yeah. four and eight. Okay. Yeah. I thought yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. one and four. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm not a big New Year. I mean, I'm way too old for that shit now. And there's always, you know, I'll watch what's on TV. Got the, I'll, you know, I'll be with my family. The family will be here and <clears throat> usually at my house. There's always a battle, though, over what to watch. Yeah. I, I, I hate, hate. Ryan Seacrest. So I don't want to ever watch that stupid show on ABC. Did, did something happen or are you just not a fan? No, I just think he's just fake. Let me see. Is fake the right word? What do I think he I just think he's I never knew you know, this. He's, he's like he's like Jay Leno. Like there's just nothing there. There's just nothing right. there. There's nothing. It's just, you know, he knows he's like, he's like, he's great at like, you know, doing the intros and tossing to commercial and acting like, you know, whoever he's interviewing is the most important. Like it's just, there's a skill there. I just, right. I know it's all bullshit. So I'm not, I'm not really a fan. I am not disagreeing. I never, I, now, I feel the fakeness too with it. Myself. Now here's, now here's the other thing about this. So you have new year's Eve, right? Mm -hmm. Midnight. The ball drops. 2023 comes in. Yeah. The next day is a full slate of NFL football on New Year's Day. I'm, I'm good with that because New Year's Day, I wouldn't be doing anything anyway. So right. you sit around and watch usually a bowl game or whatever or movies <laughs> with my wife, same thing. So now, you know, my wife may take issue with it because I'll be watching football, but it's a football Sunday. So that one I don't have a problem with. My only issue is, is Christmas Eve. And I'll tell you, with New Year's Eve, like I don't like watching the ball drop myself I, I try to avoid it i don't know if we've ever talked about this before but i have i get major i don't know if it's anxiety but like issues of everybody celebrating oh year's end and we're gonna have a new year and i'm thinking no you morons we're getting closer and closer to the inevitable end like each year goes by i so the, getting older it's sad to me i hate ball, watching the ball drop. the ball represents death to you well i didn't want to go there but yeah basically Oh, great. You're all celebrating. And then you're closer to your grave, you idiots. <laughs> on TV, they show all these people kissing and drunk in Times Square. And you and you think you're going to die sooner because yeah. it's... And I'm looking at them saying, can't you see? We're all dying. You just... You're, and you're celebrating it. Have you, ever, have you ever done New Year's Eve in Times Square? No. And I, and I lived in the city. So, but no, I've never done that. Yeah. Animals. Um, oh, you know what we did too? You and I have done a couple of New Year's. We did Billy Joel in Barclays on New Year's right, Eve. Right, that we had a group of people for that concert. Yeah, that that was great. That was this. I think that was the first show. No, I was gonna say the first show at Barclays, but it wasn't. But yeah, we, Billy when Joel on New Year's did, Eve when he did Miami 2017. <clears throat> in, that was the first song. Whatever. Yeah, in, in yeah. Brooklyn, my wife yeah. got in Brooklyn. Oh man, because it was that was a great yeah. New Year's. That was good. That was good. Um, do, I, I'm going to ask this, even though I'm, I know the answer, but I figure I'll tee you up. Do you make any resolutions? I don't. I used to. I'm not a resolutions guy. Um, I mean, I think I, it could be a nice, fresh start for people mentally. But for me, I, I if you're going to do something, just do it year round. I, I gave up on resolutions a long time. Are you a resolutions guy or no? No, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, I'm just making sure. Yeah. Again, more nonsense. <laughs> More not so because it's because it's a certain date you've got to decide to do no you should if you want to do something you do it doesn't matter what the date right. is right a new year right. and all those resolutions yeah. out the window ten days in <clears throat> oh I want to you know stop gambling I'll do it on January first no do it when you decide you want to stop gambling the, the, the calendar right. shouldn't have any grow up um, <laughs> what is your all time favorite Christmas movie 
Um, I'd probably have to go standard Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, Old my school. God. What an atrocious way to end. You don't uh, like that movie? I mean, I asked you the best Christmas movie of all time. No, you didn't you say my favorite? Well, yeah, your favorite, I guess. Right. So that, bit, that's my bit, favorite. Yeah. I mean, well, well, what are you going to go with? I mean, what concoction Home Alone. of the red-nosed reindeer are you rolling with? Home Alone. Oh, uh, that's a great one. I, that is true. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, but okay, for me, so, I, I had to pick one. Right. Like, do I think Home Alone is better and more no, enjoyable? My, yes. All right. You're home tonight after your show. It's, you know, whatever, 10, 11, 12 o'clock. Your wife falls asleep on the couch. You're flipping through the channels. Home Alone is on one channel. Miracle on 34th is on another channel. Where are you going? Home Alone's the better, <laughs> more enjoyable, fun time. If it were on Christmas, Christmas night, wife asleep, right. I'm sitting right. by the tree, you know, Thinking of my family, I go with a miracle on 34th Street because of that connection to the family, you know, past or watching it with my father. <clears throat> but yes, I get what you're saying about Home Alone. And I love Elf too. I know it's a new one, but Elf is one I've already watched it twice this year. So that's one of my favorites as well. Yeah, see, I don't like Elf, but I feel like I'm not allowed to say that. People, that's one of those things you're not allowed to say. People get very angry if you if you say you don't Who, like Elf. Let me ask you a question. Who do you hate more, Ryan Seacrest or Will Ferrell? I love Will Ferrell. Oh, okay. I thought you hated him. No, I like Will Ferrell. Interesting. Who do you I hate? Love that, uh, old school? Uh, How do you not like old schools? All right. S SNL. You know, I well, didn't like the movie like Elf. Because it was stupid. Oh, wow. Great movie. Zoe D. Chanel, right? Is that how you say it? I love her in that, that movie. Is. I like how sentimental you are. I sit by the tree, think about family. Like, here you are, you know. you. Well, that's what I mean. I do the tree old school Italian style because that's how my family did it. Right. That's how my father. Did. So I, it reminds me sitting there looking at the lights and the tinsel, which my wife hates and everybody that puts up a tree. Now, how can you put tinsel? It's so ugly, which it is. But to me, it's special because I grew up with that. So it reminds me of being a young kid. And that movie, A Miracle on 34th Street, my father used to we used to watch it. If not Thanksgiving night when it was on Christmas night or something like that. Last question. What is your favorite thing that you will eat on either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? That was a weird sound because I'm holding in a cough. Um, I'll probably go with my mom's lasagna if I could pick. She Usually we have the, all the shrimp, the fried shrimp and all that stuff. And my sister makes stromboli bread and sausage bread and fried eggplant. I love all of that. But and then so that's usually Christmas Eve and then lasagna Christmas Day. I'm going to go. My mom's lasagna would be one. Does dish. your mom use you? a Does your mom use a white sauce in the the bechamel? Okay, good. No that white might, maybe sauce. I think that might be a non. I, I hate. Yeah, it's got to be no no white sauce in the lasagna. So your mom's no, lasagna is probably. Meat, yeah, it's very no, good. Yeah. Chopped meat, regard, mozzarella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah that's gonna be a good. One. Yeah, that'll yeah. be a good one for sure. What's yeah. your? You do the fishes, I know, right? Yeah, <clears throat> I enjoy the, you know the fried shrimp and the fried calam calamari is is. I'm good well, with that. You can say it the Italian way. The Galama. Fried <laughs> yeah, that's how we say it. But I, people, if they hear that, they're not going to know what I'm eating. So I don't want to. <laughs> but yeah. But, you know, I will say it's weird because, you know, there's restaurants that make that stuff really good. But there's just something about it, you know, when it's homemade. Yeah, the way that you've had it your whole life. That's yeah. what makes it special, you know, yeah. following those recipes. Yeah. Look, I think that we know it's so commercialized, but uh, commercialized. But to me, that's what the holidays should be about family and family history and tradition and all those different things. So that's to me yes. why I love Christmas. And that's why I don't want to be watching 
football games on Christmas Eve. It's the <laughs> one day I want to sit there and be with my family and think about my, my family. What a big soft. Every other day, I don't want to think anything about them. I want nothing to do with them. But that day, that's the one day. <laughs> big softy. Who knew? Big softy. Softy yeah. Sal. All right. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy right. your Christmas. Enjoy your New Year's. We'll see you. Sal won't be on next week. We'll be. He'll be on the week after, and we'll hear about uh, if he made it till midnight. And uh, thanks for doing the pod. It's been a fun year, and we'll see you in 2023. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Appreciate you it. You too. All right. <laughs> All right, my thanks to Brian Curtis and Sal Akata. And uh, if you've missed any recent episodes, make sure you dip into the archives. Check them out. We've had a great run of guests. Kevin, uh, excuse me, Greg Olson from Fox Sports was on last week. Richard Deitch two weeks ago. Mike Tirico three weeks ago. Kevin Burkhart four weeks ago. Joe Buck five weeks ago. If you missed any of them, give them a listen. Subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. Give me a Christmas present, which it could be a nice subscription to the SI Media Podcast. Leave a review on Apple. And uh, we'll read it on an upcoming episode. All right. Merry Christmas to those of you who celebrate. We'll see you next year for a new year, next week for a new year show. And uh, enjoy the holiday. Enjoy time off if you get it. And uh, we'll, we will see you fresh episode next week, the week before New Year's right here on the SI Media Podcast. Stay safe and take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.